Hello, I am Joel McLeod. And I'm Roland Tana. Welcome to the 905er. Before we begin today's episode, we want to say that we are enjoying having you as our listener. We hope that you have found the work we've been doing to be entertaining as well as informative, and that this is exactly what you want out of a podcast. We enjoy this work, and today's episode is a prime example of just what this format can offer to inform and educate the public on nuances and complex issues. This is exactly what Roland and I were aiming for when we created the 905er. However, there's so much more that we intend to accomplish. But to do that, we need your help. If you have been a longtime listener, please consider signing up as a 905er yourself through our Patreon. Patreon has updated its services so that it now uses Canadian currency and can offer yearly subscriptions. Take the time to help support this podcast so that it can grow into the voice the 905 region desperately needs. Links to do so are in the show notes. And now on with the show. As 2021 started, our news was blanketed by stories of politicians and public officials who were caught traveling for personal reasons outside the country. All these were done over the holiday season in opposition to the current calls for all of us to stay home for Christmas and New Year's. Understandably, the public was outraged. How dare these hypocrites try to dictate the rules to us? They can't even follow their own rules. It seemed that there was one set for us and another for the powers that be. Politicians were forced to resign en masse and public officials were being called in for questioning in order to keep their jobs. Here in the 905, we were not immune from this pattern. It was discovered that Chief Steve Tanner of the Halton Police had traveled to Florida over the holidays to inspect personal property to prepare it for personal sale. As he rushed back to the country, it was further discovered that the police board chair, Mayor Rob Burton, authorized that vacation. Mayor Burton tendered his resignation as chair shortly after that discovery. On January 21st, after a 20-hour closed-door session, the Halton Police Services Board declared that Chief Tanner would keep his position with, quote, full and unequivocal confidence, end quote. This caused much anger and confusion from the police union president as well as from the public at large. In light of all that, we wanted to hear from the now police board chair, Councillor Jeff Knoll, to hear the reasoning behind that decision. Now, I will admit that this interview helped to reshape my thoughts surrounding the issue, and it did in fact change my mind on some of the preconceived notions I had going into the discussion with Councillor Knoll. I must say it is very much worth the listen to in order to completely understand the facts surrounding this issue. Now, finally, just as an issue of editorial transparency, I'd like to let our listeners know that I was the one who conducted the interview entirely. I drafted the questions and I was the one who asked them. Roland declined to participate due to a potential conflict of interest, and he was only present just to help record the podcast and to provide producer credits. Thank you very much and enjoy the episode. Okay, well, I'd like to thank uh, Councillor Jeff Knoll for coming on to the uh, podcast today. Thank you, Councillor, for uh, taking the time to join us. My pleasure. Um, well, let's get right into it. Um, the The reason why we had you on is, of course, to talk about the decision by the Halton Regional Police Services to keep uh, Chief Tanner on uh, as the Halton Regional Police Chief. Uh, the 
this decision uh, came about uh, during a time when public officials were caught traveling in the face of health recommendations from the federal, the provincial, as well as regional governments, uh, telling Canadians not to leave the country. Uh, we have seen that Rod Phillips resigned as finance minister here in Ontario. Liberal MP Kamal Kara resigned as her, her parliamentary uh, parliamentary secretary position, and in Saskatchewan, uh, Cabinet Minister Joe Hargrave resigned for basically doing the exact same thing that uh, Chief Tanner did, uh, which was uh, to go to the U.S. to inspect personal property. And I'm wondering if maybe you want to comment on just, do you see any of the parallels between what happened with them and what happened with Chief Tanner and maybe your, your perspective on the situation? Well, I think that it's important, first of all, to, um, you know, to reemphasize what the federal government's uh, position is on this. There is no specific ban on travel, which I think is, is important to understand, because that, if there was a ban on travel, then in fact, he would have done something that would have been in violation of uh, uh, you know, a law uh, or a policy. The, this, the, the uh, specific guidance the federal government is giving clearly states, the government advises, is it up, uh, sorry, I'm sorry, um, there are no air travel restrictions to the United States uh, other than the government warning against non-essential travel. And then and when you define non-essential, the government specifically says it is up to you to decide what non-essential travel means based on family or business requirements, knowledge or familiarity with the country, territory, region, or other factors. So, I mean, fundamentally, um, uh, Chief Tanner violated no rule, no law, did not violate his contract, uh, any policy with the police department, even the federal government's own guidelines regarding uh, United States travel. So, I mean, putting it in context is important. Yes, there have been a number of, of high profile, um, uh, uh, you know, individuals that have traveled. Uh, some have simply had the, um, the apology accepted, others have had to take other steps. But even when you look at people like Rod Phillips or, or the various members of the Liberal Caucus, et cetera, that have traveled, um, these folks have resigned cabinet or extra positions within their responsibilities. They have not left parliament or the legislative assembly. They're still collecting the bulk of their income and still maintain their futures. They're, they're paying a penance for their mistake and, and a mistake that's being made by individuals that are involved in the public process, the public policy making process. If you look at somebody like Rod Phillips, I mean, he was at the cabinet table, uh, you know, and probably on a daily basis discussing this and, and being part of the decision making uh, uh, team on this issue. The chief um, had a property that had been damaged by a hurricane had been uh, uh, filling up with mold and required remediation as well as they need to sell the thing. They've been sitting on it for a year because of uh, the pandemic. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't be able to sit on a property that's damaged, that's having insurance issues um, that I had intended to sell in order to uh, build another property, which was under construction. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, uh, um, it's a public relations blunder. It's not a legal blunder. And so the board, the board, you know, which we set out in our resolutions, um, we're disappointed he made the decision he made because there probably, you know, there may have been other alternatives. Um, uh, I mean, I, I can't imagine as simple as hiring a property management firm to come and mow your lawn in your absence when you're having to deal with, you know, significant damage and insurance uh, claims and all those sorts of things. But, you know, I, I do recognize the fact that he is a public official. 
Um, and that it was one of the main reasons that we took it as seriously as we did. We really re needed to get to the bottom of this to understand why he traveled, what the decision matrix was, um, you know, thoroughly investigate whether he did break any guideline or rule or anything at all that would have, um, you know, potentially put him at, at, at risk of compromising his oath of office, uh, his responsibility to the service, et cetera. And after deliberations and legal advice, there's nothing there. I mean, there, there's no violation of law. There's no violation of his contract. There's no violation of a Halton Regional Police Service policy. There's nothing in employment standards or labor code. There's nothing that would say that what he has done has in any way, um, you know, been an illegal, uh, an illegal act. And so, you know, we have to make a decision based on the best interests of the community. Um, and the best interests of the community are one, He's been a great chief. We have the lowest crime rate of any regional municipality of less than 100,000. The best crime statistics of all the police services in the Big 12. Um, we have delivered policy, uh, programs and uh, uh, services to this community, which are, are second to none across Ontario for, uh, for mental health um, uh, aspects, our COAST program, our community uh, uh, safety and well-being plan. These are all initiatives that were led by a really great chief. Is it is it prudent to our community, notwithstanding you know the, uh, the those folks who were you know deeply upset by it, and I understand that. But is it prudent for our community to go into a a, uh, a search mode for a new chief, put the current chief through a long? Uh, Police Services Act hearing, because you can't just fire any police officer. You have to go through a hearing and then ultimately deal with a fairly substantial payout for the sake of something, again, that is that is bad PR, right. but not illegal. And so that's ultimately, that's where the decision came from. Okay. Um, I, I, I see, I do see your point there. And it, I, I understand the, the, I mean, you have contract, contractual obligations to Chief Tanner uh, that you need to, to mm -hmm. honor and recognize. And I, and I understand that, um, right. yeah. moving on, I, I wanted to ask you about, uh, your predecessor, uh, mayor Rob Burton. Now he resigned as chair of police services over this matter. Um, and yes. chief Tanner has remained, uh, with the full confidence of the, of the service board. Uh, Marty, could you, because this is a question that people have, are bringing up to us: is why was it why was it appropriate for Mayor Burton to resign as chair of the Police Services Board, and yet Chief Tanner did not have to resign? I know you kind of touched on that, but people are wondering if why it seems that Mayor Burton is the one bearing the the fault here, not Chief Tanner for Chief Tanner's decision. Well, again, you know, Chief Tanner made decision. He's apologized. The board has essentially said what you did was a mistake. Um, so we've, we've gone as far as we can legally go, frankly, um, in terms of the, the, uh, the chair of the board, uh, like any other politician, we're, we are held to a high standard of, um, of understanding the mood of the community to understanding the nuances of, of, um, uh, you know, of public policymaking. And, you know, I think from that perspective, the mayor made a mistake, you know, he, and he acknowledged the mistake. He should not have given permission. Um, it should have brought it back to the board, uh, you know, to have us discuss this, 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 uh, uh, request. Um, and, you know, he is, he is taking, you know, he, he basically, you know, acknowledged that, that, you know, I won't call it necessarily misdeed, but certainly an error in judgment, uh, through his resignation. And again, I want to point out that very much like, um, 
you know, Rod Phillips or any of the other members of the legislatures or parliament that have taken similar moves, you know, he, he stepped aside from a position that is, ex, you know, extraneous to his main job, which is as mayor of Oakville. Um, and in, in, in this particular case, there is no income, additional income as a result. So, I mean, it wasn't even that big a penalty for him, frankly, uh, other than the prestige of, of not being a chair of the board anymore. But I mean, he ultimately, you know, he ultimately was um, the one that, that gave the permission and, and set this, this entire uh, series of, of uh, um, uh, events into action. He, as, as the representative of the employer, the employer being the police services board, um, you know, should, I think, should have judged the potential backlash this could have, that could, this could have created. He, again, is in, in the public facing business of being a political leader, being on the cutting edge, like all of us of, of, um, you know, understanding the implications of the pandemic and the need to, uh, not just, not just follow the laws, but also follow, you know, prudent measures, particularly those of us in leadership. Um, and, you know, he, I think he, you know, again, in retrospect, he made a mistake. And I will stay, make one more comment on this. This permission and the travel was all given at a time prior to uh, all of this. Um, um, I, I don't want to use the word hysteria because it's kind of, it makes it sound like it's negative from, uh, you know, from the people that are raising the alarms. But it came before anybody else being um, outed for traveling. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, it was before Rod Phillips, it was before any of the other ones. Uh, that the permission was given and that he sought travel. I'm not sure that, you know, in, in fairness, that anybody would have uh, speculated at the at the uh, the, the public's, um, I guess, a, a frustration about this situation. I mean, Rod Phillips really kind of, I won't say he ruined it for everybody, but I think he set a, a really bad bar for, for judging these situations because not only did he travel, he traveled on, on a vacation and, and whether explicitly or implicitly tried to cover it up with, you know, uh, social media photos and videos and, mm -hmm. and, you know, showing up at a, at a zoom meeting in a sweater, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, by the ocean, you know, in, 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 you know, 90 degree weather. So yeah, it, I think it's a, it's a, a little different scenario. It, it is. It is a different, it's not, it's not an apples to apples comparison. And I don't want to uh, make that, yeah. make that uh, assertion. I, I do. I, I, I think a lot of people are upset at the fact that for weeks prior to the holiday season, we were being told by provincial, regional health officials and, and the federal government, you know, stay at home, don't travel, um, cancel trips to go visit family and friends who might live in, in the U.S. or live out of province or wherever. And a lot of people did that under the assumption of, well, this is going to help bring down uh, COVID numbers. And I I, I, I can understand where I honestly I can understand where people get upset is that when you hear of public officials, not just um, politicians, but you know we, there was the uh, the the health official out in Niagara who uh, left you know, left their position to go on a vacation as well. Again, not quite an apples to apples comparison, but it's, there was a sense running through the community of all these people that we were relying on to lead us through this pandemic had um, had had not followed the the rules that we were all following um well guidelines guidelines, guidelines. i mean they're not they're not rules That's, yeah yeah um so I, I can understand that there was there was a bit of a sense between amongst the the general population and yeah i mean it was probably bad timing on the chief's part uh to get looped up in it um as, as it is um i i do know i do want to point out that uh you are the, now the chair of the police services board correct 
That's correct. Yep. And uh, you made uh, the minute the minutes of the this meeting you made public uh, in the in light of trying to keep yep. this transparent. Which um, I, I want to give credit yes. to you for that. Uh, in the in the minutes, uh, you've you said. Uh, as is customary, Chief Tanner advised his staff and deputies of his planned travel, and he remained in constant contact at all times while out of the country. I'm wondering if, yes. do you know anyone who else knew that Chief Tanner had left uh, uh, Canada during the, the holiday season, uh, or was it just his staff and Mayor Burton who were aware of this, uh, of his trip to Florida? I, I can't. I mean, I, the extent of my investigation per, pertains to the service itself. Um, and my understanding is that, uh, as is customary, his staff, as well as the deputies and, you know, the key folks that he interacts with on a daily basis, you know, were advised. Um, again, that's a customary circumstance. We have a very strong uh, leadership team and our deputies and our chief are in, in many ways interchangeable with one another. So, you know, as, as is normally the case, when the deputies are away, the chief is away, there's not necessarily a, a uh, uh, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong, this is one of the things we're actually going to, we're going to review as to whether this is really truly a best practice, but there was no blanket statement put out saying, you know, hey, I'm away, um, because he remained the chief while he was away. He was still in touch and electronically was able, still able to execute his responsibilities while on his own vacation time, et cetera, which is typically the way that, you know, most chiefs operate. It's, it's a job that you don't leave uh, even when you're away. You, you, you sort of have to stay on top of because uh, um, that's, just, that's the nature of the job. It's a 24-7 job. But, but I, I, can, I, I just want to go back to, I, 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 can I go back to something you just stated? Because I want to be very, sure, sure. You, you, made, you were making, you made some comments. And I just wanted to clarify something. Nothing that I'm saying excuses my, my disappointment. That this that this occurred at all. Um, I have uh, I, I own Disney Vacation uh, Club timeshare points in Florida, and I've had to basically write off thousands right. of dollars value because right. it's 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 a thing that I've had to do. I would not I, I would not I would not dare um, uh, you know you no know, take a vacation or travel not just for the for the public perceptions reasons, but you know for the for the potential safety risks as well. Um, so I I, I I do not excuse. Um, uh, you know, the, what, what, what happened here. And that's, you know, m just like other board members, like we, we, you know, we took this extremely seriously. Like, like this really to us, you know, said, you know, what a bonehead mistake this was like, you know, there probably was other ways of, of dealing with the, that situation uh, with this house. And I understand it's grave. So I just want to make that clear because it, it, you sort of made it sound like, you know, I apologize. And maybe I made it sound like I was, I, was, I wasn't trying to accuse, it accuse you at all of, of inappropriate conduct that, that if I did yeah. that. My apologies. Well, it was not my intention. Uh, I'm, I'm not suggesting, I'm not suggesting you accuse me. I'm just, I just, just want to be careful with, with, you know, that what you said, and I may have led to that impression as well. That that I and other members of the board we're 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 disappointed with the circumstances, but but make no mistake about it, you know that these were these were guidelines, and yes, you know the the um, you know if the rule if the if it had been a law or if it had been a specific order like like we're dealing with now, um, uh, you know I don't think that uh, I mean I no I can guarantee you that this thirty nine year professional policing uh, officer would have never considered violating it for a moment. And I believe that with all my heart, having known him for nine years now, 
Um, you know, he, he is a he is a uh, a very honorable individual that's done a great job, and I don't think he would have violated those rules. But again, they were guidelines, and even if you look at the current set of of restrictions that we're dealing with under this lockdown today, the the, the ones that the province has 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 initiated that we're all we're all contending with right now. One of the exceptions for for leaving your home is to transact the purchase or sale of a home. Right. So I mean, there there are precedents. That, you know, there there are guidelines. All the guidelines right from the get-go have been if you have to repair your home or you have to sell your home or you have to buy a home, these are exemptions. Um, uh, you know, but you're expected to use due caution. And the due caution in this case was, you know, he traveled, he got tested on the way down, he got tested there, and he got tested again before he had to come back. And he was in a 14-day quarantine at his own cost because he had to use his own vacation time to do that. So again, none of that excuses it. But I mean, there was no, there was, it, it, to, to, this is again, I just want to emphasize, this is mostly a public relations blunder of epic proportions, but nobody's public health was ever put at risk. You know, he violated no laws, et cetera. And I've said that before. So I just, I just want to make that, I just want to make that clear okay. um, that, you know, it's, it's, we're really dealing with, we're really dealing with that perceptional leadership issue, which is so important in policing. And so, and, and that's why the board took this so seriously you know, within the framework of what we were able to do and, and what is most prudent for our community. And in the minutes that you released, uh, we were going through them and we noticed that at no point in the document, uh, was a resignation discussed or mentioned. And I do want to ask if at any point in the, in the 20 hour meeting that you had, was a resignation asked for, or was it offered by chief Tanner? So I can't, and this is going to sound like a deflection. So I want to be really, I, I, I apologize in advance. Under the municipal uh, free of information and privacy protection legislation, we can't discuss, you know, what any relation, any matter related to an HR matter outside of a board setting. Um, it's against the law and it applies to municipalities and police boards and, and all other agencies. Um, and frankly, also, you know, it also applies to, you know, uh, businesses as well. You can't talk about, you can't, you can't disclose personal information um, of that nature. And so I can't really go into detail about specifics of what we talked about. Um, what I can do to help you understand what those minutes do contain is that minutes, minutes um, of a, of a municipal board or agency, or even frankly, minutes that are, are, are drawn up in accordance with Robert's rules of order do not contain a, um, uh, a, a running dialogue. They, they simply contain um, significant occurrences within a meeting. For example, somebody delegating um, motions passed, um, you know, uh, opening and closing of meetings. And so that's why there's not much in there. If you look at municipal council meetings, you won't find, you know, Councillor Bob said this and Councillor Jones replied that, you know, and so you don't see a running commentary. So that's why they're not in the minutes. We, we went to the exceptional route of wanting to have, wanting to provide as much information as we can. Um, and and the, the most important thing that comes out of us releasing those minutes is that that, that two-page motion was now public. And that motion didn't include just the operative pieces. It actually, it actually was a mind map of what led to that decision. 
which again is not typically seen in a set of minutes. You normally just have a, you know, be it resolved that these things happen and you don't really understand, well, why'd they make that decision? So that's as much as we can, that's as much as we can provide. I, I understand. Um, I understand. I, I, I understand. I, I get where, where you're coming from. I, I just have one final question to ask a, a counselor. Sure. Um, going forward, uh, lessons learned of this experience. Uh, oh yeah. Can you, can you tell our listeners, you know, what policy changes are you, you and the board looking at to ensure that a confusion like this doesn't happen again? Um, just, just so that, you know, we can, we as citizens of Halton can have confidence in our, our, our police and our police leadership, uh, throughout. Well, first and foremost, you can, this in no way is an operational issue. So you can have the utmost confidence. And this is why the board said this, you know, we judge our staff, whether it be the chief or an officer based on their deeds and actions. And the fact is that our chief has done an exemplary job in his years as our chief. And he's had a 39 year career in policing, which he started in Halton. I mean, other than this, this, I mean, this is, this is like his one, one big issue you know, in 39 years, which you got to say is pretty exemplary. So the public can, can feel 100% secure that our police have their best interests at stake. And none of this, even this decision, again, that may have been made is, uh, that relates largely to bad optics does not in any way impact policing. But what we are going to do as a board is, and it's in the resolution, we are going to look at uh, refining policy around um, 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 notification of, of, of vacation periods, who actually gets to approve vacations. Um, you know, there was a bit of a breakdown there because technically it was supposed to be the board that approves the vacation. So it looks like, and, and this has been kind of a common practice, it appears that at some point that board authority was delegated to the chairman. So again, with the concept of proper oversight, perhaps we need to go back and make sure that that is not just reinforced, but that maybe it's, it's, it's re-clarified that um, a decisions over a certain period of time or vacations over a certain period of time, maybe even vacations taken internationally because they have an implication on being able to return and such have to actually be approved by the board in advance. So um, we'll have issues around that. We're going to have issue. We're going to look at uh, issues around, um, you know, who's notified and should we actually be requiring the appointment of a deputy chief um, uh, in the absence of the chief, you know, uh, and if so, in, under what circumstances would it, would it be, you know, travel in Canada, would it be travel internationally? Would it be travel, uh, you know, to the United States, et cetera. So we're going to look at a num basically all of the pieces that fall within this and perhaps even a policy, a policy statement around, um, you know, uh, the, the chief has to, you know, follow public health, um, you know, advisories as a, you know, as a matter of leadership. I mean, we may, we may find ways to in incorporate that in there. I mean, this was, you know, if you look at it, if you look at it, you know, in terms of, you know, what can you extract from this as a positive? Well, the, one of the positives is that we can go through and, and tighten up some of these, these, uh, you know, cultural or not, or, or corporate practices that, that really may need to be codified uh, and reviewed under, you know, under our new environment. You know, the, we're, we're all learning what it's like to live in this environment. Um, but also just for, you know, for, for, for proper, for proper accountability and management. Um, not just to the public, but to the, to the members of the service that serve so bravely and wonderfully, our, our association members, um, uh, our civilian members, et cetera. So I think that there's, there's some checks and balances that we probably need to, to put in place that, again, you know, 
may not have been there. I can say they largely weren't there um, for everybody's protection. I mean, this would give this would not only give the public and the and the association and the and the leadership of the service some you know uh, comfort. It would give the chief comfort you know, to understand what's what what the clear expectations are and the board clear expectations. You know, us setting clear expectations of what we we want from the chief when it comes to these these issues and not simply operate you know in a business as usual kind of uh, of mode because we all know that we are no longer living in a business as usual world and in fact that that very expression probably needs to be stricken from our lips because you know we have uh, we've embarked on a whole new chapter well, we, I mean we, are, we do have a state of emergency technically declared in in the province I mean that's yeah. been yes. <laughs> perpetuated for almost a year now um, yeah you know, yeah yeah and of course, that's where technology intervened. And uh, for some reason, our very reliable podcasts recording software that we've been using for the last six months uh, lost a couple of uh, minutes at the end of the interview. But actually, uh, I can assure you as producer for the week that uh, Joel and the councillor were wrapping up the interview at that point, And it was a matter of saying thank you very much to the councillor for being so generous with his time. Uh, and can be on the podcast to answer questions. That's it for this episode of the 905er. Thank you for listening. As always, you can send us your feedback, thoughts, and concerns, or ideas for future episodes to our email, info at 905er.ca. We'd love to hear from you. You can help us keep the 905er going by financially supporting us through Patreon as well as PayPal. Visit us at 905er.ca and click on the support tab. As well, links are in the show notes for your convenience. Lastly, you can find us on social media. Search for the underscore 905er on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So long for now. See you next time. the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.